Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. All right, Owl Pellets, we are here and we are excited. Uh, the, enti- the, the, the band is back together. We got the whole we crew here. Invited. Marshall Baker, he does exist. He's right here. The bird finally. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was never going to get here. Uh, he, do, never fly with Marshall is, the, is what we've learned. Lately. Uh, there. Uh, Kate is here, and Valerie, we are excited to have you here with us. Valerie is from Monsanto, and she is a good friend of ours and does phenomenal work, and we're just excited that you are here with us today. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. This is just put stuff. He just put on, like, everyone can see. He called you a friend, and you did not refute it. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. I am friend of Owl Pellets, not a great one. Okay, so. so the audience may not know, but Val is a huge supporter of AgEd, and she sees AgEd playing a huge, huge role in the future of agriculture. So if you guys don't know Val, you need to look her up. She's been awesome for us, a huge advocate, and so it's really neat to have her with us. Mm-hmm. Helping us figure out feeding people is kind of a big deal. And Definitely. you talk about our organization like we have a major, major role in feeding the world, and sometimes it makes me nervous. <laughs> I'm like a little intimidated, like, yeah. no pressure. I don't feel like I'm feeding anyone. Yeah, if I were an ag teacher and I heard Val being like, we believe in you. You are the future. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it's even more than that, though. It's more than just feeding the world, right? It's training people to solve some of the world's biggest problems. And one of those problems is making sure that people have nourishment. And I think that you're absolutely correct in that agriculture teachers play a huge role in that because they are the ones teaching that content. They're the ones who are transferring that knowledge to the people who will go out and you know create those biological, chemical, or mechanical solutions to these problems. And I think the other role that agriculture teachers play is bridging this divide between the other disciplines. So I don't know about you all, but I have found that you know, teachers who are environmental science teachers or health teachers, they have a lot of questions about where their food, fuel, and fiber comes from, but they might not necessarily know who to ask or what resources to use that are evidence-based. And I say evidence-based with a big emphasis because that is very important. And so we have all this whole network of ag educators who could help. You know, they they are the ones who are putting these, these evidence-based, hands-on lesson plans together to teach their kids but, you know, why not go over to the science teacher's door mm-hmm. and see if they want to join with you? So, so you use that word evidence-based. And so we use that word oftentimes from there. So when you say, what do you mean to, when we're talking about all the ag teachers, what, what does that look like for them using evidence-based material? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be so stark in saying, you know, don't use information from Facebook or Twitter or places like that because that's not even necessarily true. I think that 
this training of being relentlessly skeptical at all times. So if you see a post go out from Monsanto, be skeptical, ask good questions, figure out where that information came from, you know, is there a consensus on whatever that scientific topic is from other, you know, academics and whatnot. Um, you know, if there's a weed scientist on Twitter who's posting something, ask yourself better questions. You know, who are they affiliated with? Um, what does their research consist of? So evidence-based for me is being relentlessly skeptical, asking yourself better questions, and then once you start seeing these patterns of, okay, wow, you know, the science really substantiates, substantiates these claims, let's accept that. But it's, it's difficult because I'm sure you know, a lot of these educators are dealing with this kind of competition of being able to deliver a great lesson plan, but also, you know, their kids are on Snapchat and Instagram and and, yeah. and maybe Facebook. I'm told Facebook is for old timers. So, <laughs> <True. clears throat> I love Facebook. Yeah. And that's Val Bays, everyone. Thank you very much. <laughs> And that's got to be really challenging. That's got to be really challenging yeah. that, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to deliver a quality message and get them to be, ask good questions, and you've always got this proliferation of misinformation coming into your class. So that's one of my turn. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so that's one of my um, kind of questions is, like, I, I'm all for it. I totally agree. But, like, ain't nobody got time for that, right? Like, Scroll, if, if I were to go out and, and as a teacher in particular, I'll fully admit I was way busier as a high school teacher than I am as a university faculty member. So um, like how, how do I have the time to go through every time I, something comes up where a kid says, I heard this, right? Mm -hmm. And like how do we, what would you recommend for teachers to, how, how do we go through that to where it's not taking up all of our time to just constantly question every claim? Yeah, I think that is tricky, no doubt. Um, I think that uh, some of the ownership needs to be on the student. So if the student is saying, oh, you know, I heard XYZ on the internet, then I as the teacher who is trying to facilitate people in, you know, having skill sets that they will use later on in life to present to me, you know, what are some of the other, what's the other side of that story that you could find, or what was the news source that that, you know, Facebook article came from, and who funds them, and what boards do they sit on, and, you know, yeah. what motivations might they have, um, you know, nefarious or not, to post something like that. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think that as teachers, um, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to know the answers to everything, and that's just not possible. Um, and I think that one of the beautiful things about having something like the internet is that you can put the ownership back on the student to say, you know, let's really dig into this and then come to me and, and let's talk about it. Because there's just no way, there's no way that teachers, right. you know, I mean, and agriculture is such a huge space. I mean, the, the interesting thing I found working in agriculture is you might go in there thinking you're going to talk about, you know, plant transformation and all of a sudden people have questions about animal health. and you know, the dairy industry or something, yeah. you're like, whoa, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just don't know everything, so. Yeah, but I like what you said about better questions. Marshall, I feel like this is where you usually, you usually come in and you're like, there's a theory that I <laughs> that I sat over here and Googled while you guys were just talking. <laughs> um, if this weren't video. <laughs> 
Okay, let's hear it. Because I had one, I was thinking Socratic questioning because you're talking about asking better questions and I can ask questions all day. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I just think that Val just kind of helped me as an ag teacher lose some anxiety because, you know, I teach ear notching. It's fun. Kids love it. I teach, you know, some of these principles that I, I'm starting to feel guilty. Like, I've got to teach modern ag and DNA sequencing and, right. and all these. i got to get the... And yeah, and we just made ice cream in a Ziploc bag. And, like, yeah. what am I doing with my life? Yeah. But you know what Val is saying? If I were a teacher listening to this, I would be saying, okay, listen, I can get behind this. Like, let's expose these kiddos to agriculture, and let's bring the articles to their forefront. Let's bring every article, good, bad, positive, negative, and let's just get the kids to start knowing basic ag and asking good questions, and and relieve ourselves of this pressure to teach them how to run the DNA suite. What's the, uh, the technology where they chip the little piece Oh, the seed chippers. Yeah, the seed chippers. Like, I, I can take a deep breath, and I'm not having to prepare the person to run the DNA on the chipped pieces of the seed. Like, but I can't ask them to start. I can't ask them to start looking at better thinking, mm-hmm. and that's something I could take on as an ag teacher. Yeah, I think that uh, for me, I would love to see documentaries. So, you know, we've got Food Evolution out now, and. It's wonderful, um, but we still have people using Food Inc. And I actually am okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as the teachers have budgeted in their, you know, um, curriculum for for their time for time's sake to ask better questions to their students. And one of those pieces is, you know, okay, so you have these people who are being interviewed in this film, and really, no matter what documentary it is, you know, what the health, GMO, OMG, whatever, who is that person speaking? You know, what would motivate them to share these messages? What other things are they participating in? Um, or, you know, how does this, how does the music in the film make you feel? And did you notice the music changed throughout the film? When did it have kind of an ominous feel to it versus like a bright up, you know, and as the uh, facilitator of knowledge, you're not, uh, you're not pushing any sort of bias or anything onto your students. You're, at, you're allowing them to ask themselves better questions about, what they're observing, and if you think about the scientific method, that is one of the first steps: is observing what is the problem, what is the shape of the problem at hand here, and how do I, how can I better understand it so I can develop a solution? And you know, ag teachers especially, I so I, I grew up in a in an area that was more um, suburban. I wouldn't say urban. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say rural. Um, we did not have FFA, we did not have 4-H, we did not have any of these things. So working for an agriculture company, I think it's absolutely incredible to see this network and just how close, closely connected the ag teachers are. It's beautiful. I mean, then you've got um, uh, Craig Bauer's uh, network, um, the Ag Education Discussion Lab on Facebook, mm-hmm. where people are posting, you know, lesson plans and sharing and, you know, m- my degree was in biology, and then I majored in, uh, or got my master's in education to be a science teacher, and we didn't, we never had that sense of community in the science teacher realm. So I think that uh, the opportunity that agriculture teachers have is one, they're super connected, two, they're teaching the information, and three, if they don't go over and bridge their discipline to the other ones, the other disciplines don't even know that this is a problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. You know, and arming those students with the skill sets to ask better questions, they can then go out and be advocates for just science literacy in general. You know, just being a, a more evidence-based consumer, I think, is super important. Well, I, you, 
reminds me that on the way out here, I was listening to a podcast. It was talking about decision makers, decision making for business and those sort of things. And the whole podcast was about how to ask better questions and the, and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it just shows that it, it's, it's such an important skill from middle high school all the way up to, the, to business and industry. And if anything, as ag teachers out here, if there's a way to help teach and train your students to ask these better questions and mm-hmm. not just the super it's not it's not the amount of questions and it's not a superficial question that was a big thing i got after listening to this one podcast is how do i do a better job of for myself for my sons for my students that i teach mm-hmm. to, to ask those really in-depth questions and really think about that and and that's where the deep learning comes in and that's where you become skeptical yeah. and to do that it's, it's almost like we need to spend time teaching our students how to ask questions. It sounds, sounds yeah. so stupid and so simple, but it's like, how do you get to that depth and ask really important yeah. questions rather than just superficial ones? Yeah. Um, there's this awesome environmental science teacher in St. Louis. Uh, his name's Chuck Collis, and uh, he teaches skeptical thinking in his in his class throughout the whole year. Even though it's an environmental science you know class, he really embeds skeptical thinking. And I was asking him, I'm like, so how do you get your students to be critical, skeptical thinking people? And he says, I lied to him. And I said, <laughs> what? And he's like, yeah, you heard me. He's like, I lie to them. From day one of class, I just continue to break their trust. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then he says, and then he says, so then when I present something, when we're doing a case study or we're investigating something, they don't believe anything I say, and so they're incentivized to go and search more critically for the answers. And so his simple kind of slogan was, <laughs> wow! I know, right? You just break yourself down as a human <laughs> in the service of others. That's a but it, <laughs> but uh, it's it's really incredible to talk to him and how he's modeled this this critical thinking in his classroom. Because slot in vaccines, climate change, transgenics, I mean, whatever, and his students are asking those types of questions because. They from the start, it. yeah, from the start, he's been throwing curveballs. That's a really, I mean. That makes sense. But you know, you hold these theories, we've held them forever, and if someone lies to you, it, it, it um, makes you check your theory. And then if you can work yourself back to, no, no, like I've known this forever, but no, no, I'm right, no, I'm right. Then you have to like, you know, use logic to get back yeah, there. Yeah, self-checking. It does shake, it does shake that mm-hmm. theory, so it forces mm-hmm. you to refine that. That's interesting. There's another way, I think, when you're talking about like, Asking, do you, by the way, do you want to say what that podcast was? If teachers are interested in listening to it, or you're not gonna? I would be happy there? to if I remembered it off the top of my head because we'll I listened see. to a couple of them. So <laughs> we'll see if we can put that in there at some point. He's a there Facebook is a good user. Yeah. <laughs> His memory is. <laughs> there is a good book called Curiosity by Ian Leslie, um, and that goes into kind of the life value of asking better questions. If and it's a really easy, quick read. Um, sometimes I'll just you know get an audio book and then on my commute from and to work I'll, I'll play a new mm-hmm. book and that was one of them that I had played but they go into you know even um, kids who are going to the doctor's office and you know maybe the parent is speaking on behalf of the kid um, it's a totally different experience and it really takes away the skill that that student will, or that kid will need later on to explain the ailment that they're actually having and mm-hmm. talking to this right. figure of what they might perceive as authority and stuff. And so they give really good, tangible examples of how just people, um, when honing their curiosity, can do these certain things, even if you have like children, 
um, go to the doctor's office and allow your your kid to explain what's going on so that they can communicate with with the doctor and the doctor's asking them questions and they're asking them questions back and that's just one of many examples but that's a good book yeah nice that's also how i self-check a little with how to ask questions would luke my six-year-old and i've thought this since he was four if a four to six or seven-year-old would ask it it's probably a really good question because he asks questions that like the answers like i could spend a week on Mm -hmm. so instead i'm like i don't know but (laughs) but the questions are there and so we lose that over time and we kind of hone you know like get get that out of students where we say like just ask simple questions right but those are the ones that we have to spend some time with like a five-year-old if you want to think about how to ask better questions yeah i think any problem worth solving does not have a simple solution so i would agree the you know the things that we can learn from people as young as seven you know seven years old is important and as educators you know to really create a learning environment where they can do that because i think oftentimes we get caught up in direct instruction like Mm -hmm. first we'll do this then we'll do that Mm -hmm. and that's really not how it works and you know i I talk about this thing called the armadillo challenge all the time and what it is is (laughs) you know at this company i get to run around and ask really smart people crazy questions so i was hanging out with some automation engineers and i said so what problems are you guys solving and they said well we're trying to figure out how to manage these armadillos in the fields of brazil because they're really interfering with our field trials but you know, here are a couple of things to be reminded of. One, you know, they're protected under Brazilian law, so you can't harm them or anything like that. And you wouldn't want to because mm-hmm. you don't know what the ecological implications of that would be. Um, and as they're telling me this, and they're describing, you know, that this is not only a mechanical problem when the harvesters go in, but also a human health problem because you know agronomists will scout the field and they fall into these basically caverns. So we have broken legs, twisted ankles, and so I'm thinking about this, and I was like. This is a inquiry-based lesson plan right. because if you could package this in a way that then allows the learner who's you know trying to understand the shape of the problem here to invent or solve for how to manage these armadillos, that's a lesson plan. So at Monsanto, we're trying to find these problems and then package them in a way that can be shared very easily. So that I actually got the lead engineer to present that problem to me, and it's now sitting on Monsanto.com backslash STEM S T E M where we have the armadillo challenge on there nice and then you know the teacher or whoever is is uh facilitating this all you the only consumables you need are like flip chart paper and markers cool and so i think i think that sometimes we overthink it as educators but really if you focus on what are the problems people are trying to solve what questions can your students ask will be set because it doesn't matter what industry they go into, they'll need those skills. Well, that's great. Feel free to hire me in Oklahoma. I have a really good solution for the armadillos. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll have to tell you off. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that great note. I'll tell you, the ecosystem's fine. <laughs> Well, this has been a great conversation. We could talk all day. Um, Val, we, we met you a little over a year ago now. It's been a great year working with you on a lot of different things. Keep keep seeing the great work that she's doing there. A lot of stuff that we're doing is inspired by her, and, and she's really pushing us to, to move things to the next level, and we appreciate that as well. Um, work out there to, to help your students ask those better questions. It was a Michael Hyatt podcast that I was listening to that oh, talked my. about. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's that it did this. Um, to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but this has been a great conversation. I can probably tell you you're going to hear more from Val 
um, or at least yes. see her fingerprints on the work that we're doing over the next several several months. So, Val, thank you very much for being Thanks, with us Val. today. It's been a great conversation, and for look forward me. to continued continued partnerships. Wonderful, thank you. Invest in your potential by enrolling in a graduate program designed with you in mind. Complete your Master of Science in Agricultural Education and Communication in just two years while working, all without ever having to step foot on campus. The University of Florida is leading the way with innovative online courses delivered by award-winning faculty. Apply today to find out why it is truly great to be a Florida Gator. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets. Tips for Ag Teachers.